0: welcome, and thanks for joining the Restoration Church Podcast. Stay tuned for today's sermon. Enjoy, and God bless. How many of y'all are excited about what the Lord would do in your life this year? I know I am. I am excited. I am ready for difference. I am ready for change. Amen. And we will, I will prepare you for the process, amen, because there is a process when it's transformation. Every form of transformation has a process, amen. And sometimes that process is very uncomfortable, all right? I didn't say you was going to be comfortable this year. (laughs) Oh, praise God. Because when we shout about change, yay, we need to shout about the process too, yay, amen. (laughs) At least by faith, Amen. So I I like to speak my faith before the new year. I like to speak what I want to see, amen. I like to declare what what, what will happen this year, amen. So I'd like to declare that I will not be sick this year in Jesus' name. Can I get amen? I will not be broke this year, Amen. amen. Amen, amen, amen. I will declare the victory of the Lord over my kids, over my wife, over my home, over my life, over my mind, amen. Every problem that comes up, Jesus will teach me how to overcome. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Why? Because he knows everything. Yeah. And I'm not in it by myself. Amen. Yeah. I am so excited about that. I am so excited that I don't have to be smart enough to handle all my problems. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Amen. That's wonderful. Well, we're going to be having a little table talk this morning. And uh, I'm just excited. <laughs> Excited about the changes that's taking place at Restoration Church here at this campus. Uh, we want to give honor to Pastor Huey and all the leaders of Restoration Church. Pastor Angela back there. did the, My wonderful pastor back there of worship. I love her Amen. so much. Wow. Amen. Y'all give God's... I know you can do all that you want to. I'm going to honor you. Amen. And you can't do nothing about it. I love you, Pastor Angela. Um, and so uh, what we want to do is we are getting started on a wonderful, wonderful series this morning um, that is it's powerful, it's powerful, it's powerful, and I just pray that everyone stay open, because um, remember, we just got through shouting, you know, about the changes that's, that's going to happen, and, uh, and so, um, so let's get started. Well, it's a new year. And what better time to start a new series? Um, and this series is entitled Fearless Faith. Fearless Faith. This series, is, it was inspired by um, this book that Bar- Mark Batterson wrote called uh, Chase the Lion. All right? And in Chase the Lion, it come equipped with uh, the Lion Chaser's Manifesto. The ushers will now begin to pass out the Lion Chasers Manifesto. You already got them passed out? Everybody got note-taking paper? Amen. Good, good, good. So the lion, and it comes equipped with this right here. So let's uh, read together. I'll read, and you can read silently um, before we get started in the message, all right? Quit living as if purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Run to the roar. Set God-sized goals. Pursue God-given passions. Go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Stop pointing out problems. Become a part of the solution. Stop repeating the past. Start creating the future. Face your fears. Fight for your dreams. Grab opportunity by the mane and don't let go. Live like today is the first day and the last day of your life. Burn sinful bridges. Blaze new trails. Live for the applause of nail-scarred hands. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Oh, I got to repeat that. Don't let... What's wrong with you? Keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Amen. Dare to fail. Dare to be different. Quit holding out. Quit holding back. Quit running away. Chase the lion. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your lovely, holy, written word. Thank you for this wonderful message that's about to take place this morning. You are smart, Lord. You're very intelligent. So we lean into your perfection, Lord God, your way of thinking, your reasoning, Lord God. We, we lean into you, Lord God, this morning. We ask for you to teach us, help us, rebuke us if need be, Lord God. Correct. Make adjustments to our beliefs, Lord God, and how we perceive, Lord God. Make adjustments in how we view and analyze, Lord Teach us this morning, and we give you the praise. Y'all, repeat after me: Say, teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. Correct, my heart. Correct my heart. Adjust, adjust my heart. Adjust my heart. This, morning. this morning, in Jesus' name, in Jesus name. Amen. 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 All right, let's get to work. Today's message is entitled "Fear." Fear. The series is entitled "Fearless Faith," but today's message is entitled "Fear." Yes, we tackling fear head on this year. Y'all ready? Yeah. Amen. Uh, many of you be changed after this message. Many of you be changed after this series. Um, and I'm praying that, uh, that we would be delivered from every form of fear after this, okay? Fear is a spirit that's not from God. And I'm going to just take my time and give it to you. Fear is a spirit that's not. From God all right fear is very sneaky it's a sneaky little book, too and it comes to all of us i'm not I'm not exempt from fear amen um, and so fear constantly is trying to weave its way into your home life into your choices into every part of your life all right um, fear is by far one of, one of the most destructive spirits that comes against a believer's life. Ask me why. Fear acts like the Holy Spirit in your life. Fear gives you prophetic assumptions that have a probability of happening. just going to take my time fear will act like the holy spirit in your life fear gives you prophetic assumptions that will that will have a probability of happening in your life all right and it sounds something like this and i'm just i'm going to work, i'm going to give you word phrases to watch out for all right what if this happens, all right? So God's words say, do this. Fear will come up and say, but what if they don't receive it? What if they get mad? What if is an indicator that fear is trying to speak. Why? Because God don't speak in what if. He speak in certainty, It's not no what if in God. He's perfect. He knows everything. He's speaking solutions. He's speaking answers. He speaks direct. Amen? So fear always want to cause question marks to appear in your mind, to get you to wondering and thinking. Amen? And these are some signs of fear. Y'all ready to keep keep going? All right. Fear is what causes all the motives in the lifestyle of darkness. If we use a house as an analogy, the foundation of the kingdom of darkness is lies. And fears is the walls. Fear is what causes all the motives in the kingdom of darkness. This is so good. Write this down. Fear needs your faith. <coughs> fear demands your faith. (laughs) This is a perfect, I mean, one of the most clearest acronyms I can ever, like, come up with. I I I don't even know where I got this from, but um, it speaks direct. You know, it says, fear, false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Fear will always try to paint a picture that's not going to ever happen. Why? Fear wants you to make choices based on assumptions, based on what could, not on what is, not on what truth is. All right? Now, what the Lord has taught me about fear is to try to act like God in our life. It tries to act like a prophet. It tells you what might happen. God don't let deal in might. Amen? He deal with certainty. He deal with guarantees. He is, not might. Amen? A reward of those who diligently. diligent. He ain't going to might give you a reward. He, he those who diligently seek you. He's not, He's. He, he, it, it ain't like he might heal you. He is the healer. Amen. Amen. Amen? Jesus don't ever deal with might, if, could, would. Fear always comes with a question mark, causes you to think with a question mark. And Jesus need to be the answer to all those questions. Amen? Because what happens is he gets you and your strength to try to figure and analyze and come through and be the answer instead of Jesus. Amen? Um, let me give you some definitions of fear if I haven't blown your mind so far. <laughs> this is so good, man, I'm telling you. And I'm going to just take my time and go through it. Number one, by far, is the answer, uh, number one, I think, you know, is one pretty good. It says, believing something bad is going to happen. Number one, fear. (laughs) Believing something bad is going to happen. Number two, putting your faith in something other than what Jesus said. Put in your faith, that's number two, putting your faith in something other than what Jesus said. Number three is a biggie too. Believing God don't love you. Believing God don't love you. Everybody say help me, Jesus. All right. The number one area of the person, of the person that Fear attacks is he, he normally like to work through the physical senses, all right? Normally he he stimulates things to happen in the natural to get you to try to accept something inwardly, and so inwardly he's after your soul. He's after your mind. He want to occupy compartments of your mind. He want to occupy your emotions. He want to occupy your will. He's after your soul. Fear wants you to believe him. Than Jesus, All right. He is after your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will and your emotions. So things happen in a natural to get you to accept the reality other than what Jesus say. Amen. So stuff goes wrong. Then thoughts come. Then what could come. All right. So say, for instance, you're driving down the street and you see pictures come into your head. Of a car coming and hitting you, what do you say? How do you respond to that? Do you sit and take it? Amen. Or do you respond? What do you respond with? Amen. How do you respond? See, one and one. One thing this message is gonna bring. I'm just gonna bring out uh, how to identify fear. Next week we'll talk about uh, so solutions. All right, to respond and how to. Combat fear, all right. Answers, but today we're just gonna just set set some groundwork, and I'm, I'm we're just gonna um, bring out what is fear, so you can start being aware of it, all right. So fear attacks your soul. He's after your soul. He's after what you believe, because the reality is what you believe is what you will receive, all right. This is the truth of, of the gospel. Whatever you believe, that's what you receive, all right. So the enemy wants to, he wants you to believe and trust in the wrong thing. All right? Faith, Nate had a great definition of faith. If fear needs your faith, he's after, fear is after your trust. All right? Fear wants you to trust what could instead of what is. All right? He wants you to believe something that might happen instead of no evil shall befall me or my family, neither shall any plague come down my dwelling. All right? right. But, you know, it's it's the reality of so-and-so died of this. Listen, I'm not not against no one dying in your family, amen, of, of any type of disease or any type of tragic accident. My heart go out to them, amen. But that still shouldn't affect what I believe. Experiences shouldn't determine what you believe. His word do. Listen, I have no personal beliefs of my own. Like, I just believe, and you know how people do that all the time. I just believe, it's just whatever Jesus, whatever Jesus say, that's what I believe. Amen. Amen. I let him come up with my belief system. Amen? Come on. Amen. Not circumstances and life. Life has shaped our belief so much, and, um, and my job is to kind of make those adjustments, amen? So I deal with a belief level of adjusting and not just a physical action. Normally, your actions are exude and done from a place of what you personally believe, Amen? something stimulates all action. That's why if an individual is displaying a certain type of action, my mind immediately say, okay, what's motivating that movement in their life? All right? And not just going by the outward appearance and try to start using my spirit of discernment to detect and diagnose things. Amen? Instead of uh, by the outward appearance. Amen? So, the sense realm is what Fear loves to operate from. That's your your physical senses. What you see, what you touch, what you feel, what you smell. All right. We we'll go through three three <laughs> tips of recognizing fear. Go to First Peter chapter five verse seven through nine. We're we we're gonna uh, sit here for a little bit, amen, and take our time and just focus on this. Less is more. My brother Nathan, I thank you so much. Write this down. No, I'm sorry. I'm moving ahead of myself. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Let's stop right there. In verse 7, we see here that the Lord is bringing out some information to us. I believe all worry... All of it, all cares, all anxiety, is from fear. Every last bit of it. Every last bit of it, y'all. All of it. Write this down. Watch your mind. What are you thinking on? All worry and anxiety is motivated by fear. Worry is negative meditation. Every believer, no, every person in the world know how to meditate. You know, it's a commandment of the Lord to learn how to meditate. But we do it in the, in, in the kingdom of darkness a lot of times. And it's, and it's normal. Amen? And I make my job as a pastor and as one that's sent by God to teach God's people is to make those adjustments inside. Amen? By saying these statements To kind of rock you and say, Lord Jesus, teach me. Amen. That's the point. Amen. Uh, Worry is negative meditation. To ponder on the negative, on what could happen that hasn't happened yet. The mind has many compartments that fear tries to set up a permanent housing. The mind consists of, and I can't go into all this, but I would love to one day, the mind consists of the memory or the storage bank, the intellect and your reasoning. Amen. And there, uh, and what I'm going to set foot on in this is the mind also has imagination compartment. We can't go too in detail about this, but I'm going to take my time anyway. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 through 5. The imagination realm... It's one of the areas that get attacked by fear the most. Um, it's a very, very powerful part of how you've been created. Um, and we, have, we and as the church, haven't focused on it enough to me. And I think the imagination realm is not bad. Even, I mean, the enemy takes advantage of it a lot, amen, but God also do too. And it seems as if we know the enemy takes advantage of these areas, but we don't seem to acknowledge when God wants to take advantage of it also. Amen. But fear is what fear wants to take over the imagination realm. This is uh, the root word in imagination is image. All right. Image. And so this is a great. Uh, area that the fear like to take advantage of because it gives you pictures. Alright? It set up probability pictures. And probabilities, uh, God don't work off probabilities. And ask yourself this question. Why do fear do that? Ask yourself this question. Why do fear do that? So good. All right, I've been, and just to kind of segue into this part right here, because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to focus on it, why do fear present something to you, present a probability to you, all right? It's just like, how how many of y'all like dogs? Uh, How many of y'all don't like dogs? In their place. That's good. In their place, huh? Not on the couch, not in the bed. Yeah, okay, in their place. Amen, I understand that. I can relate to that. But I have been in many people's yards. And sometimes, you know, people hold their dogs in their backyard. And so I've been in many encounters with strange dogs, all right? I don't know them, they don't know me. Um, And it can be a very um, fearful situation. You understand? Because you don't know them, and so you don't know what they might do. Um, and so I remember I was more afraid of dogs until I went to a dog kennel one time. I went to a dog kennel where um, it's called Bethel Kennels in Gaston, Alabama. You've probably seen that sign on the way, the Glencoe. Bethel Kennels, and he's the pastor of, but it's called, his name is, Pastor Simmons, yes. Willie Joe Simmons. And so I remember being out there at Bethel Kennels, and we're talking about some big dogs now, because he's training police dogs. we talking about Rottweilers. We're talking about German Shepherds. We're talking about uh, Doberman Pitchers, wow. all right? We're talking about big dogs, smart dogs. So and, and, and I'm pulling up, and I see all these dogs. And he got them, like, caged, but in a field. And I see all these big dogs running around. And I'm like, oh, my. And he's out there like, just out there working, just walking around and just like. And I said, what is he doing? And it shocked my brain because I'm like, do you see his teeth? These big. And I seen how free he was in the midst of them. And it it shocked me. And so I was best friends with his son. And we would clean out the kennels. And so we would actually have to go into the kennels with the dogs and kind of spray out their stuff and feed them. And I start seeing how they weren't scared, but I was. <laughs> All right? And I, and I had these encounters with dogs. And normally, they come and they pause. And they see what you're going to do. And it's like they checking you. Even if they come, and this is what he told me, don't run. Don't ever run. You rule them. I'm like, why don't run? And so I'm looking at this, I'm looking I have all these encounters with dogs, right? And, and it works. And I stay and I don't run. I keep my pace. I keep my boldness and it works. But I asked the question why do they pause like that? And they go, Ugh. they checking you. Alright. Why do fear present something to you? Or a probability? Efficient. He He's trying to get you to grab it. He's trying to get you to believe it. He's trying to get you to accept it. Because whatever you believe, he say, okay, I got a right to come in his life. That's why. That's why. Okay, he believes. Oh, okay, okay, I'll bring that to pass in your life. Oh, you scared you might die of cancer? Okay, let me just keep whispering in your ear. You might die of cancer. You might die of cancer. You might die of cancer. You know what? I'm afraid I might die of cancer. That's fear? He wants you to speak it. He wants you to start believing it. The Bible says, out the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Bible says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and not just righteousness, but he wants you to believe unto that fear. He didn't want to bring it to pass in your life. Come on. Why? Because he can't make it happen. Alright, That's That's right. Right, so when I, when I check that dog, right, I check every dog now. So, I come into the fence. <laughs> I keep walking towards them like this right here. And they they, they don't know. They, they, they don't know. They start. Unless they've been trained to attack. I don't mess with them, dog. If they've been trained to attack, it's over. You're going to get bit. But I haven't got bit. Yet. All right? And so I keep walking towards them. Dog, most of the 100 of the time, reevaluate his prowl. <laughs> then, if he can't get me from the front, he'll try to come around to the back and do that same thing. <clears throat> and he wants you. Guess what he wants you to do? Well, ah! right then he, he, the smallest dog can turn into King Kong in one of the moments. <laughs> <laughs> but if you sit back there, what you doing? Get up off me! You know? Ignore them. Let them sniff you. All they want some love. Most dogs want love. But they don't know you. So they got to check you out. All right? Let's keep moving forward. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons, of so flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overflow and destruction of strongholds. All right, strongholds, we could go into that, but I want to get to something. Verse 5, inasmuch, this is the amplified Bible, inasmuch we refute arguments and theories and reasons, reasonings, and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we leave every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. Now, this is very important. Because this is the process you must learn. Every believer must learn this process. All right? If you don't know this tactic and this, this uh, method of response to the enemy in fear, you are being waylaid. All right? Because it's impossible to fight thoughts just by trying to fight other thoughts. You have to start using your mouth. You have to start using your tongue. You have to start using the weapons that Jesus designed for us to start using. You want to cut off a thought? Let words come out of your mouth. If you want to encourage thoughts to stay, keep talking about the same old thing over and over again. But if you want to start new patterns of train, new train of thoughts, then you have to learn how to use your tongue to cut those, those thought patterns off, all right? It's very important. We'll get into that uh, next week even more. But I want to bring out, um, it's the imagination realm. And another uh, version of scripture says uh, that we cast down imaginations. In every high thing that is off itself against the knowledge of God. Um, And that's images. The root word in imagination is image. So be aware of images that promote fear or what could and what might and what's not lined up with God's word. Amen. Um, Verse eight. Go back to verse eight in first Peter chapter five, verse eight. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. All right? The Bible doesn't say the devil is a lion. The the Bible says that the devil is like a lion. That means he displays behaviors that lions also display. So what, do, what are some behaviors that lions display, all right? The lions, has a, they have an attitude about themselves, all right? Why does the elephant don't just squish the lion in the jungle sense? He's bigger, he's stronger, he's more mightier because of attitude, all right? The attitude of a lion and the attitude of an uh, elephant are very two distinct different attitudes, all right? The elephant, if he had the attitude, the elephant would be the king of the jungle if he had the attitude of a lion. All right? Because the muscles and the big and the masses of an elephant couldn't, could, he could just stomp on the lion. Why don't he do that? Because of the perspective that he holds, because of his attitude. If he'll run from a mouse, I know you ain't got the right attitude to come up against no lion, right? So the devil, he acts like a lion, a roaring lion. Amen. Good job. And he says, and, 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 but he can't devour it. It says, to whom he may devour. That means he just can't walk up on anyone. All right? And so I mentioned uh, the book, Chase the Lion. And in the book, Banea, I failed to uh, tell you about it's one is like a, the main character of the book, or he talks about Benea the most. And one of the things that Benaiah did in the Bible, uh, is he chased a lion into a pit and killed it. All right. Just that statement sounds crazy, right? Because I ain't never seen a lion run from nothing, right? B'nai chasing a lion into a pit and kills it. And this is the motivation of chase the lion. And that's where this comes from, and that's where this whole series is stimulated by B'nai and his attitude. He chased lion. Now, that even just. <coughs> Sounds crazy. Now, what am I what what is this series is here to do? Is, is to get you to start chasing what appears to be a lion in your life. Because we know the devil isn't a lion, he acts like one, right? So you will be chasing what appears to be a lion or what displays itself as something more stronger than you. Amen. This is the results that this series is trying to get out of you. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? Number 2, write this down. Fear wants to go unnoticed. Verse 8 in 1st Peter chapter 5 This in the King, New and King James, and it says, "I think this is New Living." Be sober-minded, watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around. Now, that word "prowls" means to move around restlessly and stealthily, to move around quietly. All right. So, if you see the behavior of a lion before it strikes. It is constantly moving around, being sneaky, and trying to not be seen, and trying to not be heard, all right? This is the behavior of the devil, and this is also the behavior of fear in your life, all right? Fear don't want to be noticed. Fear is sneaky, it's subtle. You don't know it's no air, amen? That's why you need the Holy Spirit to help reveal these things, because now he exposes you, like, oh, man, that's fear. Oh, man, that's... Fear, what am I believing that for? What have I accept those thoughts for? Because he's come in unnoticed. Amen. He, he he displays, fear displays the behavior of a lion, but isn't one. Casting, so in verse uh in verse eight, in New Living it says, prowls around, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He wants to go unnoticed. He wants to go undetected. This is so important. Ooh, 34, thank you this is so important that we realize that because now the Bible tells us to be sober-minded. What does that mean? To think clearly, to have a clear, uh, sober, self-controlled mind, all right? The Bible wants us to have, he says, be sober, be watchful, be vigilant. Village- Vigilant, thank you. Vigilant, I knew it was wrong. (laughs) Vigilant, amen? And so that means to be alert, to be in constant watch. Jesus tells us to watch and pray, all right? Not physically, but inwardly. Watch where your mind goes. Watch what's come up on the screen of your imagination. Amen? Watch, Watch what comes up from your past that also have attached images with them. Amen. Because all the behaviors and things and situations that you face in your past, all of them have an image attached to them. Why? Amen. It can either work for your good or it can work for your bad. Oh. Amen. Yeah. The enemy uses it, but also God. And we, a lot of times we're not taught how God uses them. And I believe how God uses them is this, when you read the word, you allow what the word says to influence your imagination In real time. So you let the word produce thoughts and images that you meditate on. Amen. So if the word says by his stripes you are healed, you start meditating on on it being gone. The disease being gone. The disease no longer is there. You focus on healthy, whole, nothing missing, nothing broken. Ah, you see yourself running. You see yourself doing things that you can't do. All right. This is, your, this is using your imagination from, um, from the scripture perspective, all right? Because the enemy do us like this all the time. He reminds you of if you had a hurt happen to you when you was four against, with, with your brother or your sister, and you remember that. And if you think about that hurt long enough and it really scarred you, you will actually start feeling as if you was just right back in that situation, just as fresh. I remember times. If I think about when I was in the world, I was—I remember it was a time I was about to get in a fight. It was probably about 200 people out, and it was me and this other guy. And they was hyping this thing up because we wasn't from Huntsville, and now we just not coming up here. Don't have no family around. So when I stand up to one person, I got to stand up to 200 folks. Why? We don't have nobody around. Amen. They saw us as—you know—y'all coming from out of town. We—we gonna show you what Huntsville about. So now I'm about to get in this fight and something happened where the police came and we I didn't have to fight. But during that moment, you know, my heart was racing and that that you know, you know how them dogs hairs come up on the back of their head when they ready? You know, I <laughs> that's how I was ready like ah. So if I think about that moment though let's think about this for a second if I think about that moment long enough I'll get back in that state my heart will start papping my, 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 my blood pressure will start coming up just by thinking and pondering on oh Lord Jesus somebody got free somebody got free and so the Lord wanted to also use that for your future events alright So the Lord wanted the word of God should be painting you a picture on the imagination of your screen of your mind. And you should allow what you see from God's word to say, woo, glory, I see it, Lord. Woo, the Bible says, if I, David, believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, amen, Amen. Amen. and you allow those words to get you happy, and you allow those words to get you some joy, it's like, woo, you will never leave me nor forsake me, Lord. I know you're always with me. Just by allowing the God's word to take over um, your imagination. Amen. And so, we have to use how God created us for our good because he created us for a purpose. And he, he has purpose exactly why he created us. And the devil is taking advantage of it. And we'll talk that. But let's let's move forward in the things of God. Amen. Amen. Uh, point three. Write this down. In the same verses, we ain't went nowhere. Uh, verse 9. First Peter. We still in first Peter verse 7 through 9. This is so good. This is another thing. These are points to 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 help us realize and bring light to how the enemy do us. So if the word tells us to stand firm against him, then, then you will get feelings. Point three. You will get feelings to give up. That's a direct sign that you know fear is attacking you. It's feelings and emotions to give up. The word said, tells us to stand firm. What's the exact opposite of stand firm? It's to give in. Yield to the enemy. But he tells us to stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Amen. Point three is to, he wants you to give up, amen? But the scripture's point otherwise and says, stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. How can you be strong in something if it's not developed, amen? We, we hear of David slaying Goliath, right? But we, 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 fairly, uh, we, we rarely bring out that David, before Goliath even showed up, he had a lion and a bear to contend with that he overcame. Amen. So what's the point? The point is your faith must be exercised or pressured in order to develop muscles, in order to develop your muscles. It take a little pressure. Right. To in order to stand and be strong in your faith, then you must be in situations. You must be placed in situations where God will stretch you. All right. Because when you're working out, and you start out with 10 pounds, and you start out with 10 pounds, and then the next week you start out with 15, and then the next week you start out with 20, every time you go up, you stretch that muscle into an area and develop it into an area it's not been developed in. Uh-huh. So initially, it do feel hard. It do You do want to get up. How many of y'all have been in the gym? and <laughs> You already know what I'm about to say. About five minutes in, if you ain't been in there all year, about five minutes in, guess what's coming to you? Feelings of give up. <laughs> feelings of give up is going to come. And you're like, oh, Lord, Jesus. So you guess what? You have to kick in discipline mode. You have to ignore those feelings, ignore those emotions, and keep knowing what you should do without no feelings man, because the commercials and the things and looking at YouTube videos gave you the desire to get there, right? And you was like, you know what? I'm going to just do it, you know? I'm going to just do it, you know? And, and, and so that desire must become a discipline though. Because in the middle, you're going to get feelings of give up. And that is also in everything in the kingdom of God. If God has called you to be committed to something, and, and, and feelings of give up come Discipline must kick in and say, Lord, you said, yes. and you do it not based on a feeling. Yes. Amen. Yes. Not based on a feeling because yes. feeling's gone. All them desires that got you there, they disappeared. That's zero, right? Yes. Now, what must kick in? The word. This is what I got to do. I got to do this. This is who I am. Amen. Amen. In closing. Come on, Pastor Anselm. In closing. I pray that you will be, you will be enlightened after this. We got about four parts to this, and uh, in closing, Second Timothy chapter one verse seven says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Fear isn't from God, saints. Its purpose is for is for you to abort and give up, give in to his lies, and rob you of your God-given." kingdom rights. Amen. And that concludes today's sermon. Thanks again for joining us on our Restoration Church podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church, please visit our website by going to r4sq.org. We pray that today's message has encouraged and empowered your journey in following Jesus. Have a blessed week.